Amarillo by morning Up from San Antonio Everything that I got Is just what I've got on When that sun is high in that Texas sky I'll be bucking at the county fair Amarillo by morning Amarillo, I'll be there Yeah, there we go. Here we're here live in the possum hole. This might be our last episode in the possum hole. Well, this possum hole one what V one. Ben Methods is shutting down. The beta version. (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is the beta version of the possum. Actually the new the new one's gonna be sweet. Yeah. But yeah, we're here. We're live. We should do a live show though. Yeah. I think I want to do that, uh, like uh, qualifying. Yeah. No, I think we should do that. Yeah, like during race day. It's hard. Like, yeah, this is uh, it's it's too bad all the races on the east coast it's hard to yeah. do that time zone yeah but yeah but yeah we're here we're live check out maybe the, the salt lake ones eh? oh yeah salt lake would be a perfect yeah. yeah we can do that i think we should do that hey what do you guys think about doing this i was thinking about doing like a blue collar podcast like just talking about shit that goes on that like there's i have so many stories from work <laughs> like, that are just complete shit shows <laughs> yeah i think that'd be fun one day do it right now. You want to do it? Uh, well, I haven't prepared my stories. I got too many to sift through. He's I gotta, mean, we well. He's got to uh, write them, structure them, get them uh, punchline okay. set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta structure this. We could just talk about straight up life right now. Yeah, we could talk about not anything. even dirt bikes. Yeah, no, I um I haven't been on a dirt bike since Sandalee, so I don't even know what a dirt bike is. <laughs> yeah, it's collecting dust in the garage. Yeah, I'm pissed. I'm kind of pissed about it. Yeah, it's like I I stopped racing. I'm like oh, I'm gonna have so much time to do all this stuff, and it's like, no, I've been busier than ever. Yeah, it's it's what I do, I guess. It's what I always do. You do busy. I do busy. That's all I do. It's a it's kind of a problem, but it's better than doing nothing, I suppose. Yeah, it is, like, but it's like almost a problem where I'm like, just I, you notice that I always just engulf myself in way too <laughs> more too too much than I can handle. Honestly, it's hard not to at times though, like things come in those waves where it's just like everything happens at once and then you'll get a little break. Yeah. 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 You get overwhelmed if you don't keep up with it. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. That's what I like super overwhelmed, but I'm like also taking, well, the problem is like I committed to doing all this stuff and like works like, Oh yeah, we'll be on overtime for like another two weeks. And like, like still, Hey, still overtime wow. working. I work today. Yeah. <clears throat> Could be worse problems. No, it's yeah. It's not a bad problem to have, yeah. but it's like I committed to doing all this stuff and works like, Oh yeah, yeah. we'll be on overtime for a bit more. They're like, overtime's like oh yeah then they stopped overtime and the next day they're like oh yeah sorry yeah you gotta go back on over like there's me and four other guys back on overtime just this one job yeah but it's i mean it's fine i'll take the extra thousand bucks a month it's fine yeah i guess i mean there could be worse problems yeah no i'm not i'm not complaining i like i actually like overtime it's just kind of it's it feels like it's hard when you got so much going on yeah yeah overtime almost feels like covid it's like it's gonna end nope it's not gonna end ever (laughs) right yeah I wonder, like, what the work situation is actually like, though, around the city. Like, it's bad. Yeah. From I what mean, I hear, at least. What, like, it's, what, what, what like the vacancy know? rates are yeah. still oh, yeah, pretty no, bad. That's but, like, bad. But all these contracts have been done before, right? They've been, they were like, <clears throat> it takes years to get these contracts in order. Yeah. Like, we're doing multiple city jobs right now. We're doing, we did a mahogany school. Yeah. And we're doing a, a Brentwood LRT station. So, how long ago would that have been? 
Honestly, Signed. I don't know. I'm not in that department. A couple I years just, ago. I just work on the shit. Yeah. I don't, I'm not in the office, so, yeah, I don't know. When are you making, when are you going to make your rung up the ladder to? Uh, no, I'm never working in an office. <sighs> I, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, I'm, I don't think I could ever be off the tools. I have to be, like, going to school is a chore. It's like, yeah. I, I can't even keep myself <laughs> awake. To go to school to be an office guy? No, like just even like welding school. Like when you're doing the theory and everything, oh, you're going in the classroom. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a struggle. Like I can't, I feel like such dog shit when I'm not moving around. I, I can yeah. never do an office job. So how long have you been back at RIM since your, whatever you My want hiatus? to call it? My hiatus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been back for, I think it's like seven months now already. And how's it, how's it feeling? It's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sick of like this. We're doing the only job and I've worked on this like pretty cool job trusses for the new, uh, UFC expansion. Oh, yeah. And that was like a couple months of working like 80 hour weeks and stuff like that. And then now we're doing this Brentwood LRT, uh, like reconstruct, I guess it's like a renovation. Yeah. Where's Brentwood? Uh, by the university. Yeah. Is the it running? Crowchild trail. Is it running, uh, east west? It's uh, right across yeah. Crowchild from the university. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but it's an east-west uh, train. Yeah. Not north, yeah. south. Yeah. Uh, mm. Well, it's kind of like that. Well, that section is like northwest, southeast. Uh, no, northeast, southwest. No, northwest, southeast. She's yeah, going diagonal. Right. No, it is because Crowchild is a little <clears throat> snake right yeah. there. Cro- I'm not too familiar with yeah. that area. Yeah. But anyways, I've been doing like nothing but these handrails and posts like it's the dumbest setup i've ever seen it's like handrails between it's like a a five foot section of handrail between like these posts and then the odd one there's a light post sticking up yeah but it's a it's like the most the least efficient way to do it's like apparently it's like five kilometers of handrail so we've been doing nothing but handrail for the last just pumping three, them three, four, or I is guess that, three months. Is that now. just for like the overpass? Like it's the for the overpass, overpass? and the, yeah. it's like a bridge that goes this way, that way, this way. Yeah. I'm gonna go see it once it's all done, but it yeah. looks like shit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan yeah. of how it looks. I think it's a dumb idea, but that's what you get with the city. Yeah. <laughs> but, what, what do you think the guy felt like after making the big blue ring? Oh my oh. god. <laughs> he felt great about it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's still patting himself on the back for yeah. it. And wouldn't you feel wouldn't you feel good if you got paid that much well, to dude, make that? Like, we should get into that business. Great. Yeah, like look at that thing they made up by COP. It's just a couple of scrap beams <laughs> packed together. Hey, careful, don't <laughs> offend anybody. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. a sacrilegious uh yeah, that's lot, a, like a uh, Is it? Well, it's a kind of a copy of the native uh, oh i didn't know something this. Or but no all i'm saying they is... were upset about the city putting that up because it's for, i can't remember exactly what it was but it's part of like their ritual like the indigenous area. communities yeah. were yeah. upset yeah. about well, it all, really? all i'm saying is it probably costs way more than it's worth because i could build that thing for like Oh, 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just find some scrap steel and go find uh, some shale some somewhere yeah oh. It looks like shit, honestly. Hey, whoa. Oh, sorry. Indigenous communities. No, like, I'm sure if that's that's what you're into, sure. (laughs) But I'm not into, like, the, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen on, like, 10th Street and Memorial, I think it is, how they have the big steel kind of structure, um, and it's just rust rusty like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't don't like that. Yeah, I don't get that. It's not going to last. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that's, uh, I don't know. It's all going to like, whatever. Not- Seems like they like ran out of budget or something, but they still got to get these structures up. They're like, <laughs> no, yeah, don't paint it. Well, that's what I thought, right? And then somebody said, no, they did that on purpose so that it does rust and looks a certain way. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm not that type of an artist. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, a, you're not, no, clearly I'm not, not a city artist. Yeah, like Sloan and I went for a walk this morning just through this uh, her neighborhood, and there's this one house with a roof that's steel, and but the house with a steel roof. Yeah, and it's like pretty thin, like like uh, sheet metal or something. Yeah, yeah. or uh, thick. Sorry, not thin. And uh, but it looks terrible. Like it's just like rusted to shit. Oh, and I'm like, really? what are they going for oh, with yeah. that? Yeah, it's but, tough with steel, right? Because even if like. This all this Brentwood stuff is all galvanized, yeah, yeah. But still, like, even if you don't have a well that's perfectly sealed, it'll, it'll yeah. seep through and it looks like shit. Yeah, that's what the problem is with like powder coating too, with exterior stuff. How do you galvanize stuff? Uh, it gets hot dipped in a zinc coating. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welding galvanizes worse than COVID. I bet. <laughs> Shoot, my van needed to be galvanized and it did not get that treatment from the factory <laughs> can you imagine a galvanized vehicle do you know they what do. galvanized looks yeah, like they, they galvanize yeah, them. They, yeah. where they di- they do a galvanized dip on the whole vehicle yeah. where every chevy galvanized oh yeah but then they paint over it yeah yeah yeah, yeah but i'm no. just saying like a raw like gal like look at those posts up there those are galvanized oh yeah. really That's so it looks like this yeah. it's like the zinc silver yeah. coating yeah and you guys have that at the shop? No, we had to send it. They don't even have one in Calgary. We had to send it to Edmonton. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Dang. They used to have one in Calgary, but it shut down. Yeah. Shoot. I know a company that could ship that stuff for you. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, Dan's. Dan was the old foreman. Yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, I guess he got bored of retirement. So now he's driving up to Edmonton every couple of days. <laughs> he's just, back, eh? that's, what he's, that's, what he's, that's what his MO is. Really? Yeah. Went and got his license. Nice. Well, it's just a, he just hauls a flat deck. Oh, yeah. so it's like a little class series. So, yeah, we, he hauls all these stupid handrails up back and <laughs> forth every couple of days. That's funny. Board of retirement. Yeah. Well, I, dude, honestly, like, people dream for retirement. I think, what are you going to do when you're retired, bro? I think that's, like, the biggest reason my dad hasn't retired is because he just, you get bored. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there and do nothing. How long do <laughs> you think Rob's got left in him? Honestly, I think he wants to be done, but. I I don't know. He'll probably stick around for another ten years. That's what my dad something. said. It'll be like part like yeah, I'm sure uh, he'll start to phase him his way out a little bit, but just to like keep busy. He'll yeah. be in there. He he's there on the weekends. He's there nonstop, just something to do, right? Especially when it's cold out. Yeah, yeah. It's COVID, you can't go anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with my parents. Like I think my dad's probably gonna he's gonna be trucking till until yeah. he dies. Yeah. But my mom, she she wants to be done. Yeah, that same thing with yeah. me. My my dad's like, I heard him talking in the office the other day. He's like, Yeah, you know, another 10, 15 years, dude. You're like sixty. <laughs> you're gonna work until you're seventy five. <laughs> and like, it's one thing if you need to, but if you don't need to, too. Like, no, but that's all they know, right? Yeah, and they probably what? Well, yeah. that's just it. Like he's worked, he's done that his whole life. Like to step away and do nothing. That's, it's like harder than stepping away from racing for you guys, oh, I'd right? Bet. Like, I'd bet. But my dad's got lots of shit on. He's got cars, and he's worked yeah. on cars all weekend yeah. and everything like that. But would you say there's like an element of it though, where like he loves it though, like loves the steel industry? I'm and, sure he and does. Like, yeah, it's tough to say because he came from like he came from nothing, and he just he that's what like I remember when I was young, he just like he was selling shit to buy this company. Yeah, 
and that's kind of like his pride and joy right like he's i'm sure yeah. there's some kind of emotional attachment to it wait so he uh didn't have it before you were born no he when i was like five or six maybe he i remember him selling like stuff he had trying to like accumulate enough money and then when even when he bought the business he was still work he was still on the shop floor yeah on the tools for a few years wow and he was working like 20 hour days like that's crazy yeah man. people don't understand like the commitment that our you know any business owner successful business owner puts into that business especially in those early years oh yeah and then it really doesn't stop like yeah. People think it's so easy to just pick up, own a business, run a business, be your own boss, but yeah. no, it's I, it's the hardest thing yeah. you can do. It's way harder than working for somebody else. Like, oh yeah, they get they make more money for a reason, but they can also lose a lot of. That's uh, like you're putting yourself at risk huge, a lot, right? right? Yeah. Huge risk. I don't think it's something I'm interested in doing. Like, like, just think about this time right now. Like, the risk of having that business, everything going away. A lot of business owners have their you know personal assets attached to it too i mean if you're smart you shouldn't do that but a lot of times people do just because that's the way you get your finances that's how you get whatnot, there yeah. right but yeah the risk is huge when you're an owner yeah. versus an employee like sure as an employee you lose your job you're out of paycheck but you got ei to fall back on if you're a yeah. business owner you don't got any ei to fall back on no. and it's like it's kind of weird because i'm in this like middle zone where like i talk to my dad and he's like I get the side from the office, but then I also get, I'm like, I'm with the, every other employee, like working in, like yeah. working on the shop floor yeah. and they're all like, Oh, well, like why are they being such dicks? Why are they, <sighs> why are they so much pressure to get this job done? Like, well, we're losing money every day. Yeah. We're not getting this job done. They're trying to get you a paycheck. Like the owners of businesses. Well, I mean, like I can speak from our standpoint, at least it's like, we're not trying to send somebody home without a paycheck, right? We know everybody's got bills to pay, kids to feed and everything. Yeah. Like you're responsible for those. You do their, feel a responsibility for your employees. Yeah. So, but the money dries up. You, the, <laughs> what you what, where your paycheck coming from, bro? Exactly. Like, it only can go so far. And you know, and that's like people out there looking for jobs right now. And it's like, sure. If you can bring some sales in, we got lots of jobs yeah, for people, yeah. but sales aren't out there for a lot of industry. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of funny how there's like a bit of a miscommunication from the top down. Yeah, yeah it gets bit. totally like it's such dilute, a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. disconnected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it and you 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 kind of do have to walk a mile in the shoe, right? Like to to I find understand. out what it's yeah. about. But yeah, I, I don't know. This this it, times like this just make me think like, man, I I should save more. Yeah, you know, like because. When's the next one of these gonna happen? Yeah. Dude, this one's never gonna, gonna be end. out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one's never gonna. End. But yeah, like it's it's kind of crazy to like you see these guys that are like there's it's like a weird balance point where like people are like they don't want to work overtime and so they leave at four or whatever they don't work the overtime yeah. and then you see the office and like the foreman and me or whatever getting like pissed like what are you doing leaving at four but like you gotta understand people have lives too. But well, also, like this is your, this is if you don't, if we don't get this shit done, we're, it's costing us a lot of money, and that's where your paycheck comes well, from. Well, you have to sell your next job, right? Like, yeah, your current. So many people don't understand what you're currently doing is selling what you're gonna do next. Like, you can't just think of what you're doing and then something's gonna come along. Like, no, somebody's gonna look at this and then want something more or tell mm -hmm. somebody else. Like, right now, word of mouth is gonna be the biggest thing. I think just advertising wise i think it's gonna go further than any social media any 
anything yeah, for it, sure. during this time at least. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's like there's like a weird fluctuation with just the way everything's circulating now like uh, just the economy's like been turned upside down and it's not the same but it's weird because we got we're like on this big inflation bubble right now because like there's so much stimulus money that everyone's like everyone's in a heyday right everyone's like housing markets on fire everyone's got money but there's like it's in a year what is it gonna look like in a year it's weird though it it seems like everything's like kind of out of balance so like some like some industries are just yeah like through the roof and then others are like in the tank but everything's kind of got a balance with each other to work yeah, it, flow and, no shit's gonna hit the fan i think when the oh. bubble pops and it's, you, you gotta think it's it's it has to right it's going to it has no way around it i don't yeah. think It'd be a miracle if it doesn't unless they just keep printing money like then the value then it's worth then the, nothing then the yeah the value of the dollar is nothing and then it's good to have. just as harmful yeah yeah i'm a little scared of like what's gonna happen when the next election comes around and the next party's in in power and let's say it's not the liberal party you're talking about canada yeah let's say just can't or well i mean yeah i guess let's just say canada like when let's say the conservatives get back in and they're like holy crap we got to clean up this mess and then like interest rates are through the roof Uh, yeah it's it's gonna be like what was it like the 80s when the interest rates were like 18 percent or something and the government had to bail out well, that's you know, when they uh, have to do a bunch of yep. subsidies and stuff. So yeah. no matter what you do, that's why they're afraid to raise the interest rate because whether you have it low right now and it takes longer to get paid back or you raise it and then you have to do subsidies, you, you're still hurting your economy on yeah. both sides yeah. of the sector. That's where I don't think it matters who gets elected in any election. Everything's so it's all, run down yeah. the middle, this and that. Like, yeah. It's all controlled by two sides that will never – look at the other side you know i don't know that's why i want to get into the whole yeah but that's why i think uh, what they did was good they i don't know if you've seen the other day they made it harder to qualify for a mortgage yeah instead of raising interest rates so that'll slow down the housing market a little bit and that's gonna well people have so much debt like people are getting so much debt that's just it no I mean, it's hard hard not to have so much debt these days when a car like oh yeah, started, it's, it's <laughs> starting impossible, price on right? a car is like forty grand, and you know a house is how much like four hundred starter for a house, starter yeah. house, yeah. Like, how do you not have debt? And then you got to go to school to get a decent. You get job, debt for that, and yeah. There's, you know, ten k in debt per you know couple semesters, yeah. so. That's why I think the trades are going to become more popular, right? which is good. To. Which is a good thing because yeah. it's like it's government funded, and it's you can go to. If you, as long as you pass your courses, you can do yeah. it basically for free. Well, and to make a thriving economy and you know have diversity in your economy, like you can't just have everybody go to a business school and be an engineer. Yeah. Or, well, that's kind know, of the like, way things were trending for a that, while, and absolutely. that kind of it, abs- it kind of honestly, this is probably like one of my biggest pet peeves when I talk to someone and I'm like, I'm a welder or a fabricator. They're like, kind of like. They, I get that a lot. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, I, welders probably the worst one because there's a lot of fucking idiot welders. But uh, even at that, how many people don't know how to read a tape measure? I, I know. Right? Well, they like, went through all, all this university, don't know how to read a tape measure. Well, I guess you're so smart. Yeah. Like, it, it really <laughs> bugs me when people, like, when I meet people and I tell them I'm a welder and they kind of look at me like, oh, you're one of those. Like, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. But, like, there's every, every skill is you know, equally important. Well, not maybe not equally important, but 
they're all important at the end of the day because like oh, yeah. you need somebody to take care of your health and, and yeah, the guy taking purpose. care of your health needs somebody to house him and you know or like build the house that he lives in and a guy to fix the this and a, uh, somebody to cook the food or you know like yeah. yeah that's what makes it go around so i hate when people do that uh, they look down drives, it drives me nuts being looked down on as a as a yeah. tradesman now if you suck at your your trade or your <laughs> yeah no there's <laughs> a lot there's a lot of those guys <laughs> that i look down on and like you are an no idiot. problem like if you suck at what you claim to be a professional at either maybe you should look at a new skill or you just have to accept that somebody's going to call you out on it all the time <laughs> yeah it was like when i first became a journeyman i was so proud of it and I was like, but then I seen these other guys in the shop being getting journeyman ticks. I'm like, well, maybe it's not that cool to be a journeyman. Right. But like the quality of work that you do now that gets you on the projects you're doing, yeah. that the other guys are still sorting bolts and they're not yeah. even welded. Yeah, like, exactly. But know. yeah, sorry, a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> uh, you wanted a blue collar, yeah. you know? I'm a blue collar guy. Like yeah, I think I'll I, always be a blue collar guy, and I don't, like even my dad's a blue collar guy, and he's yeah. very successful. So I, there's nothing wrong with there's it. Nothing wrong with any of the classifications. It's just. I mean, honestly, I feel like you could be successful in any sort of area. Oh yeah. No matter what you're working in, it's just I think it's how good you are at it and what you do with your money afterwards. Like, yeah, like I think that's the big thing with welders, yeah. right? Like a lot of they see, oh, think welder, oh, you go work on the rigs and you fucking piss a hundred thousand dollars away on strip clubs and whatnot. Yeah. But if you do it properly, you, you can make a, you can like, you can, you can good, stay in town and you can make a hundred grand a year. Well, out of high school, when you're working those long hours and you know that shift work too, like if you do it right and you don't go out and spend your money or you don't have time to go spend it, yeah, you can, you can bank up quite a bit. Yeah, like even yeah. just like not prepping for this race season, I was like, oh damn, my bank account's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even I think it was kind of interesting when you brought up like everybody or like just the common population just incurring so much debt, and I just I I've always found it so strange why everybody like feels the need to have like the next best thing or like they got to have new. I mean, obviously. Like $1,200 iPhone on the credit card. Yeah. I'm just as guilty of it with like, gotta have a new bike every year, but well, like, that's a little different. That's we all job. are with our things. Like, yeah. But it's like, I, it's yeah. I don't know. It's like something new comes out. Gotta get it. Yeah. Gotta get it. Yeah. It's, new truck every couple of years, you know, but it, yeah, if you stretched it out, like where it's like, hold on to something for maybe five years, yeah. six, seven, 10, maybe then, don't do buy you, the new truck. So, question about that for you i guess you you can answer it too jared but do you feel you do that more because of something that's inside of you that actually wants it or for the perception of someone looking at you like try to be as honest as you can with that uh i think it's more it's goal driven you know like yeah. i'm willing to yeah. sacrifice yeah. in other okay. areas like drive a shitty old van for like 10 years to save up for something else whether and you know, what's kind of funny is like, I'm trying to bank as much money as I can, but I don't really know for what yet. Like, sure. Yeah. It could be for a house, but like, um, I don't yeah. know. I still feel like I'm not quite at that. So is point. it hard to save then without knowing what you're saving for? Uh, no. Other than I like got a pretty bad habit for buying food. Like I just, <laughs> I just skip the dishes all the time. Oh yeah. Or, or it's yeah. like, yeah, just. I, I love to eat so that's, that's not like i mean if there's something you're gonna spend like it's comparatively to like spending money on other shit it's not that big of a deal 
well, you gotta eat yeah like i'll try I mean, and stretch out a phone or like yeah clothes as long like dude i still i'm still wearing clothes from like Grade ten. Yeah, when dude, I was in high school, I still yeah, got same. boxers from high school. From <laughs> fucking probably uh, junior high school. Yeah, I probably probably would until Sloan was like, "Oh my god, like there's things crawling out of these. Like we got to yeah. get you some new underwear." So all the new underwear I have is from her. But yeah, I I don't know. It's yeah, I would say it's just it's goal driven. Yeah, I would say yeah. the same thing. I don't really give a shit what anyone thinks. Like unless it's like my clothes. Like if if my inner circle or group of friends or family like are judging me that that hits me hard. But right. like if it's anyone, I don't, I yeah. don't care. Honestly, yeah. you yeah. can think what you want of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for the most part, like our group of friends is pretty, pretty simple. I think so. But too. then other people might look at it and be like, well, you spend thousands of dollars on mountain it's bikes. And yeah. Sure. It's all perspective bikes, so. though. Like, but who, like, why does anyone really care what you spend your money on? Well, and you should spend your money on something that does make you happy. And then, you know, you can scrimp in those areas where maybe having a new car doesn't make you happy. So why buy a new car? Why buy new clothes? It doesn't make you happy, but riding a bike makes you happy. So like you just have to find your area to save in and find your area that you still want to, you know, put a little bit of money out there. Yeah. I don't know. To me, that makes the most sense. Like, yeah, everybody says, "Oh, say stop drinking your coffee every day, and you'll save you know ten yeah. grand in a year." Well, yeah, good luck with I, that. I like drinking coffee, so <laughs> you, I, you, I'll you, stop. Uh, you know, wiping my ass with so much <laughs> toilet paper and yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. People always say that, but you always find something else to spend that money on. You right? do. Well, you have so to be. It doesn't matter. Committed like, to saving in some way or another if you're going to do that. You got to live your life to yeah. a certain extent. Like you can't just go through. I mean, I'm pretty guilty i'm a i'm a pretty big penny pincher don always gives me shit about it but like you always find something to spend your money on like, yeah the more we like talk about this the more i guess privileged i feel oh yeah we're, like, we're, all, we're privileged all three of us money. grew all three of us like grew up in a pretty cushy household oh yeah so. it's all yeah. it's all like any moto community any anyone that can afford a dirt bike is in a pretty good spot yeah in life, you'd, right? you'd yeah. assume so yeah Anybody that's like willing to go drop but 10 then plus K on a bike. Is there's also people right. out there that, you know, do go buy that used bike. That's kind of houred out and they're doing it just cause they love it. Like they spent their last dollars buying this yeah. clapped out bike that yeah. they bought off of you guys that you raced all year. You know? <laughs> and it's just cause they love the sport, which is what I yeah. like yeah. about it. And that's why I hate that. You have to have the new gear, the new bike, the new yeah, thing yeah. to show up at the track and ride with the you know yeah. big boys and stuff. Well, and that's where I think we lost our grassroots. Yeah, yeah. and I think kinda. that's kind of like I think all three of us kind of grew up like in the younger days. Like my parents didn't have a lot of money when I first got into moto, and then they yeah. got more successful as I got older. But yeah. I think like all three of us can say like our parents kind of. Uh, kept in mind what kind of made them successful and For they sure. they put that on us too like they yeah. they didn't just like like my parents were like i'm not buying you you're like i'll help I'll, I'll support you in motocross but you're gonna buy your own first vehicle yeah and you're gonna have to learn how to save money and the value of money yeah i think there's a lot of kids in in our sport that get that kind of talk a lot earlier in in their life than you know most kids would about look there's a sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. you got to make a sacrifice too. You got to, you know, like for, for us. Yeah. It was always like, you got to make sure grades in school are, are up to date. You got to make sure you are working hard and you're being a good citizen and doing, you know, 
all the stuff that makes you a good person. If you're slipping up, then yeah, yeah. it kind of goes away. Grades in school weren't a big deal for me. My parents didn't <laughs> give a shit about but, school, but but what are no? But it, it was, was like, teaching you to save for your first vehicle. Yeah, then, right? and like, it was like my dad was always like, uh, as long as as long as you're doing something to. Better uh, to better or, your future yeah. or you're working towards something i'll support Applying you i'll, I'll support general. you in motocross but as soon as you're not i'm done like yeah. i'm not going to support you in motocross well, i don't know if you guys watched that uh new documentary thing uh just ride ride uh it was put out by troy adam adam indis or really whatever. i didn't I hear yeah about this. it just came out like yesterday or, what is it on uh, I don't know. I saw it Ju- on Fighter. You're the Jubilee. Jubilee. That, that, I think you're that's the it. Jubilee yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Jubilee. What? So what? I saw the trailer. What was like really smart in one of those things there? And spoiler alert or whatever. But uh, like, one of the guys is like, the investment that he makes in his kid to race a dirt bike is the same investment that you know he'd make in a kid to go to college. Yeah. You're learning so much from the sport. The the drive. The you know the, the accountability. The whatever yeah, it yeah. is. So to me, that that rang so true. Like that's what your parents were teaching you at that young age. Was like, we're gonna invest in this for you, but you're gonna have to learn something out of it. Like this isn't just yeah, it's not all just, fun and games, right? It's yeah. not all fun and games, but it is fun and you know it is out there to have fun and enjoy you're, it. You're earning it though, right? But earn your enjoyment. Enjoyment isn't just gonna come to you. I guess is kind of what. Yeah. Well, that's like we were talking know. earlier too. Uh, when I asked if you guys had listened to that Gypsy Tales podcast with uh, Mike Grondahl, and that was what he was saying was just like he felt like he's learned so much in motocross than he's ever learned anywhere else. But I think people would never really see that until you're actually doing it yeah. or in it. But I think that could be said for any sport, really. Sure. You know, like it's like, it's all in how the person translates the experience they're getting into the the. Uh, or the ex- output they're gonna you yeah, know the, the ex- input versus the output type yeah, of deal that's a good yeah. way to put it yeah it's sorry a- to cut into you there but no, that's good you can, you can cut into me anytime <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh but yeah yeah i feel like you don't really you don't really know that until you like go through it because like i could try and explain that to sloan in for example the and, other. and it's like she never grew up in in racing or really didn't know a lick about it or i guess sports in general and i could say like i feel like i've gained more from racing dirt bikes than i probably would have in any years i spent in uh in grade school and i could probably confidently say in any years that i would have spent in in university or college i mean i took like some university courses but no degree or anything like that but it's uh yeah i feel like learn tons tons of business sense life skills uh make connections friends for a lifetime and i feel like i could yeah probably count on two hands uh the amount of people i could call up and probably have a career not just a job but like a career tomorrow and somebody would probably give me a shot or a chance absolutely and but yeah i just i don't think people would really really see it that way unless they were doing it but well, that's I, the same with anything though like you yeah. never really understand anything like you can say oh yeah i i get that but you don't really truly understand yeah. it until yeah. you've experienced it as yeah. anything yeah like because we could say that like we wouldn't understand that about another sport but yeah what do we know right like yeah we haven't been through it so it's yeah. interesting to sit here and hear us you know like this isn't the first time we've said this you know same same thing about how much the sport you know teaches you and you know 
yeah. develops you. But I think like that's what our parents are looking to kind of get out of it with putting us into it was like, I think they'd be happy to hear us sit here and say, we did get X, Y, Z out of it. Cause yeah. Cause then it's, yeah, it's like, it's rewarding for them too. It's like, yeah. it's like, well, at least we put our kid into something. He applied himself and he's, he's felt like he's gained something from it. So that, that should be a win Yeah, huge. in itself. Like, for sure. I mean, maybe some parents are like looking for the actual result or the, the, the number figure, but I mean, I feel you're, you're I in feel it for the like, experience, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like there's less, uh, I don't know, I guess I haven't been around the mini moto scene down South, but like there's less parents that actually care about their result. Like, yeah, they want their kid to win and they want whatever, but I feel like most parents just want their kid to do good in life. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, be, I, be a good person I, and, and have a good life. And, I, f- I feel like that's maybe a little skewed in the States, but here, yeah. I feel like here that is what it is. Yeah. People just want their kids to have a good experience and yeah. learn lessons and all these things. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm super which, torn on Which it. is why, like, if I ever had a kid, uh, for sure put him in the sport. Yeah. Now, I know some people that are in the sport are kind of skeptical on I'm that. I'm conflicted but, about it because, uh, like, man, like, this sport has taught me so much and I've got, like, my whole life is based around it. But, it's man, it's brought a lot of pain, too. Like, yeah. all the injuries and all the... Yeah, that's true. Like, all the things that can happen, like... I don't, I'm, I'm totally, con- I guess you can't really make that. It's like we were saying, it, like we were just saying, you can't really make that decision until you're actually in it. But, I guess you like let them make it, you know? Yeah. Whereas don't like, force it. Just yeah. give them a bike and see what happens. See what happens. Uh, yeah. And I think that's how you have to approach it yeah. a little bit too is Get them a stay don't force them anything. Yeah. It's, it's right. tough. It's a, I'm not a parent and. Well, like the, the opposite side of that too, let's say you, you didn't put them in this sport that can cause pain and you know also high high um, i'd rather put him in badminton <laughs> but like let's say he you don't put him in a sport and he goes and he's a, uh, becomes a drug addict or something yeah you know like i know there's a lot of pain in that too there's I a know. lot of pain and you gotta figure uh, out a, i don't know this is probably one of the most dangerous sports right like yeah. it's the, the 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 risk is so high especially with like i don't know just the way like mini kids especially are, with the racing you know if you're focused on that result with the racing, I think there it's it the risk factor goes up mm-hmm, versus for sure. versus play riding, right? Like, but then there's like there's certainly not, play riding's dangerous, but that's where all the experience comes from the racing and for that, sure, like, the, yeah, the, learning the drive and learning how to push yourself yeah. and learning where your limits well, and, are and, and yeah, and that's why any kind of sport is really good is because you have that drive and that goal to yeah to work towards. I don't but, know. I'm conflicted about it. I probably yeah. won't make a decision until I actually have a kid, which I don't know when will that be, but yeah, when is that? <laughs> Nine months or no. <laughs> <laughs> Tom tried to pull an April Fool's joke on me, sent me a picture of a pregnancy <laughs> test. It was it had like our counters in the background too. I'm like, you're fake news. <laughs> I didn't fall for it for a second because I just like I had I was at work, I just filled out the date on a, uh, a, a drawing. I'm like I, I knew it was coming. That's so good. Funny. Sloan played a uh, April Fools on me. Well, actually, it wasn't even April Fools. It was like two months ago or something like that. <laughs> there was like, "What's that?" There's like the she, she's just pulling pranks on you all the time. Yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> it was like one of those things where they like take a picture of you, but it turns you into a woman. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen and those. she was like, uh, "Keelan, who's this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh crap, what did I do now?" <laughs> I was like trying to figure out who this chick is, and I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't catch it was you? No, I didn't even see it was me. She's like, it's you, you idiot. 
I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> man, was, those things are freaky. I was like, man, who did I, like, upset now? And it's like, out to get me. Some crazy woman. <laughs> Creating controversy. Yeah. Actually, I kind of wanted to touch on what you're saying about, uh, about uh, people just, like, you know, going on Kijiji, buying a clapped out bike and just getting into the sport just because it's awesome. And yeah. uh, I was going to say, like, yeah, I just got a membership at the track and probably been there f- three or four times now. Yeah. And it is crazy busy. And <clears throat> there's, like, a lot of new new faces, like, a lot of new people and a lot of those types that go on and, go on and buy, like, a, an older bike yeah. on, on uh, Kijiji and and i've been talking to like a lot of a lot of like long time members at the track and they're just yeah. furious about it like wow just so livid about these like people like showing up and uh, like a lot of them are kind of a little less talented not like not as skilled and and it's kind of like creating quite a yeah like quite a diverse so pace out on the track one track open then or uh lately just because they kind of yeah. can't really turn the water turn on, on yeah. but it's uh yeah it's created quite a like yeah quite a range in in speeds out yeah. on the track yeah. and it's in my opinion like it's a bit of a safety concern but like my view is is it's like it's pretty awesome it's, too like we should be happy about that yeah and we should be looking at the problem of okay there's there is this separation, right? We have this extreme beginner out there with the extreme pros and that's where the two track solutions pretty good or yeah. the practice segments. If it's busy enough, like, yeah, the practice segments kind of suck. Cause if you show up at the wrong time, you gotta sit around and wait a half hour before you get yeah, out yeah. there, blah, blah, blah. You know, like but we, at least we can complain safe. about a million things yeah. in every solution we come up with. Yeah. That'll improve the safety factor. If that's what people are most worried about yeah. or a second track, you know, but the only time you can do that stuff is when there's enough volume to do it. Right. Like that's been the problem. The last what, five, 10 years is volume. Wasn't there to have practice yeah, or, or, uh, seg- or whatever you want to call it. Scheduled practice. Cause yeah. But it's kind of, it, I just find it so <clears throat> not upsetting, but it's just kind of strange to me. Like, like I, th- I think, especially like with the younger families, if, if the goal is for their kid to, hopefully maybe become a pro one day or have some sort of career with it it's it's gonna take things like that where it's the people that are buying like the used bikes on kijiji and just want to get into the sport check Mm -hmm. out the local track and then they're going into the store to buy a chain a sprocket and whatever or jersey man like yeah goggles yeah spending money and going to the dealerships maybe buying a new bike the next year going they got to put oil in the bike even right like yeah and but it's like are like on the grand scheme of things like our sport is like pretty damn small like you hear like actually yeah you said you watched like the year of the jubilee yeah. troy adamitis yeah. uh, thing well i watched to i don't know who does moto spy but i just watched the recent one yeah and cooper webb was saying like uh <clears throat> it was something like it was like a million dollar bonus for uh, like a supercross contract yeah. or a supercross championship. Yeah. yeah. And like, and then if you go on Google, what Michael Schumacher's worth and Lewis Hamilton. Oh yeah. We're oh, tiny. Man. We're tiny. Like those guys are like three digit multimillionaire 
billionaire oh. or athletes. Yeah. And like, well, why? Why? Like they're racing cars. Well, who who buys cars? Everybody. everybody yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody buys cars. Like, well, th- and that's where people complain about the MotoGP going to these weirdo places, right? Like in Indonesia and Qatar yeah. and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Shit, man, you know how many mopeds are in Indonesia yeah. and some of these places, Thailand? Like, that's all they do. There is yeah. only two wheels, so it makes sense to take to a two-wheel there. market there. Yeah. I don't know why people complain cater, about cater it. To right? the, cater, cater to, to that to, market. And yeah. they're going to start going and buying our old used bikes that got shipped across or, you know, like – yeah. Or the Chinese knockoff ones. Like, yeah. it just gets them started into it. Yeah. At least. yeah. And That's why I'm kind of, like, I'm worried about the the whole, like, it sounds like in the States they're, like, kind of shifting away from uh, outdoors. They're, like, yeah. there's talk about, oh, yeah, we'll just, we're going to have 27 Supercross rounds. <laughs> it's not relatable to anyone. It's, yeah, it's not relatable to anybody, but does it get it in front of more eyes? Yeah, it gets it in front of more yeah. eyes, but it's not relatable in the sense no. that no one's going to go buy a bike because they see someone riding super. They might go buy a bike because they see someone riding outdoors. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm yeah, a, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, a, maybe that's just uh, me well, and like, my stuck in my own way. Because the but. Supercross also appeals to people because they think they could go do it right away because they think the sport's so yeah, easy, right? There's, that, there's nowhere to bridge that gap, though. Like, there's nowhere for anybody really to go hop on a supercross no, track no. like if a little kid goes to anaheim one and watches it there's only like two supercross tracks in california where that kid can actually go try it out and yeah. like see what it's like and more than likely get pretty overwhelmed and probably not hit a single double out there yeah. for like no, yeah. for sure two months yeah so. that's why like i i'm like i'm a big i like i like the outdoors more honestly oh, yeah. i'm a big it's, fan of the outdoor i like watching speed, outdoors uh, i like yeah. racing outdoors i've never well, raced it's, it's the but. root of it's the root of the sport exactly you know? yeah. and like, i'm scared we're gonna kind of lose that as we're kind of yeah. it's like they seem to want to shift more towards supercross because there's more audience there yeah, and it's yeah. more like of an event yeah but which it is I'm, like, yeah which i'm hoping they still hold on to the outdoors because like if it if the outdoors go away, that's gonna get rid of all the grassroots. So when we look at our sport, where does the majority of our money come from? Is it outside viewers or is it the uh, hardcore guy who rides? Right? I don't know. I don't. I'm uh, not in. Well, that. it's the guy who rides. He's buying the Sunstar sprockets. He's buying the Vortex bars. He's well. That's where know, the like, that's where so like, you can't get rid of the outdoors because that's where all the money the comes money from comes for a lot from of the it, right? like maybe not the elite factory teams, but because that's all marketing budget, yeah. but. Like and, all these other teams and all these other privateers, they're yeah. without all those sales. There's nothing for them. Maybe if there was a stronger TV uh, presence with outdoors, yeah. maybe it'd be a little different. But well, at the honestly, same- you know what? I, uh, speaking of the TV coverage for the outdoors, there, I like. I personally like watching the 35 minute moto. I like watching the right? whole thing. Yeah, I I do also see the time and the place for like when the Canadian series condenses it down, yeah, it makes highlights. it feels a little more actually, it's not quite highlights, but it's like, it's more digestible. It takes it 15 minutes yeah, and yeah. it gives you the most, yeah, digestible race they can give you. And it feels action packed. So I'd almost be okay if they even started doing some of that and then just release the full length moto on the, on the Lucas oil yeah. page for the hardcore yeah. guys or something. I guess uh, my first thought that comes to mind with the biggest downfall with, a TV package for outdoors is that it's during the summer and how many people actually like go and sit inside during the summer? Yeah. And Hardcore watch guys TV? that will like to watch moto, us, right? Yeah. But like, you're not really probably going to attract a new viewer in the middle of the summer. Unless it's weekday. 
I think weekday you might be able to because people are still working, right? And then they go home all tired. Yeah, but typically, like we don't really get. It sounds like we don't really get the the good TV slot times. Well, super hard, right? Because everybody's at home watching TV, so you got to pay for that. Yeah, but with Supercross throughout the winter, like it's kind of cold outside, not too much to do. Like it's very rare you're gonna miss a race. Actually, you know what? Making a point about you're saying about the F1 like the Michael Schumacher is making so much money. Our viewership actually isn't that much smaller than the F1. I saw a thing the other day. I think it's a racer X. Maybe we got like three or 400,000 viewers and F1 gets like, they had a record at like 800,000 viewers. Is that just, that's TV TV. Is that American views viewers? I don't know. Yeah. That'll be American viewers. Probably. Probably European. Oh yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. But I don't, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what the, and that's the thing too is like they're just their market base is like they're pulling from a general market base like they're pooling money from actual car sales around the world and and like I don't know what would be their secondary sponsors like you see a lot of like petro companies well, I just think um, the ego in that sports even like the rich guy ego is even bigger right than our sport like we get a any... rich guy ego in our sport but yeah i think in that sport it's even you think there's more like it seems like there is guys that just are f- forking out cash well, yeah they just want to spend the money so that they can say like oh my f1 team you know yeah they just but like the sport have you guys watched the netflix special no yeah. i've been Drive I, just five uh, i tried kind of halfway i think we're a couple halfway through the second season or something like that so have you have you seen the the canadian investor in the y- yeah the uh, haas no, no, no. The, the it was the uh, the India team, but they changed their name. I can't remember what it was called. The Air India, like the pink cars or whatever. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the, the guy who was like going to court for all the like embezzlement. No, well, no, no. That's that's so a Canadian investor. Yeah, I think maybe there's three seasons. I can't remember. I haven't watched it all. I've watched so. it all. Yeah, I've watched okay. it all. So well, and uh basically in 2020 like uh or maybe late 2019 a canadian investor came in yeah and bought the team and like like revamped it after the (laughs) other buddy kind (laughs) of ran it into the ground but uh in one of the seasons and not like it's whatever it's not a spoiler but like in later in the season he he buys into aston martin which is is going to be like their team for uh 2021 right so it's like it's i don't think they're like dumping money in they're trying to look at it as like a whole way to make money like they're trying to market through racing but then they're buying into all these companies that are sponsoring their teams and 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 whatnot so they're trying to look like they're treating it like a business whereas like actually yeah you guys got to listen to this this podcast with grandal like talking about just how like like racing dirt bikes is and the team side of things is just a money pit. Like there's just no return really yeah. for, for these guys. Like, and he's a business guy, right? He owned planet fitness and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, he talks about like a lot of frustrations with, uh, with, uh, Feld and the AMA and how they're it just like such a chokehold on, mm-hmm. on their ability to, uh, make a profit. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. seems to be the so. always returning problem is Feld. They won't let them do product activation in the pits. They won't let yeah. them do this unless it's like it's not a conflicting sponsor. Like that seems like a problem. But would not Feld want to have a bigger 
pool of people to pull from. I don't know. Well, that was, yeah, that was kind of his, his point was like, you'd think as smart businessmen that they would allow the teams to sell product and then collect a percentage, but no, they, they sell all their own product and collect a hundred percent of the profits. Yeah. Like if you have a Toyota as a sponsor, you cannot, uh, have Dodge in the pits trying to sell stuff or trying to promote stuff. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it sounds like it's kind of pretty limited for the teams to actually promote. Like they can only do so much. They can't really sell their own product or yeah. Cause they, his, his main point was like, he said at one point Geico wanted to be able to give away like little, uh, tiny little keychain ge- uh, geckos. Yeah. And, or Feld or AMA wouldn't let them do it. I'd imagine it'd be Feld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they wouldn't let them do it because they were nervous it was going to take away from t-shirt sales. That's insane. So that's it's, that's yeah. insane. And he's like, but you'd think like they would just let us sell all their own stuff and then they collect a percentage. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, but they're just not that way. I don't know. I've, I, is like. Mo- what's it called monster trucks monster jam monster, monster jam? jam yeah <laughs> that's like their market isn't it not like it's crazy to me that people would rather watch monster trucks than super know. pro it doesn't make any sense to me but so, that's like my diluted okay, thinking now, right going back you you talked about how relatable is riding supercross to somebody how relatable is a freaking monster truck man i don't i guess understand. every guy in alberta driving a jacked up truck feels <laughs> yeah. like it but but you shit well, how relatable is it to have a thousand horsepower you know four-wheel drive I, you look at you look at the stands though and the audience at those things it's all kids hillbillies and kids yeah well hillbillies <laughs> with their kids and the kids are just going nuts like they love it i guess it's know? just like it's more oh, of an up on Mountain Dew. i guess there's <laughs> it's like it's so simple that it's like you don't even yeah. have to really understand what's going on that yeah. people are just hitting shit with monster trucks wrecking shit it, and, and i will say when i see a monster truck fucking send it oh it's gnarly it's, yeah, yeah it's sweet but 90 percent of the show i'm just like ah, have you yeah. been to a monster jam show i've seen a couple didn't live. they just because oh, yeah. i worked at the saddle dome yeah so those okay. ones yeah, are yeah, shit yeah, honestly yeah, yeah. the well, saddle dome is terrible for monster jam i mean i've never seen yeah i've never like seen a monster jam or anything but i remember seeing like going to my first freestyle show and I remember watching freestyle on TV being like, oh my God, like that's so stupid. Like had no appreciation yeah. for what those guys did. Like, sure. You threw a backflip and took your hand off in the air. Like, great. Good for you. But then when I saw it in person, I was like, holy crap. Like it was, all this guy did was just a backflip. And I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think that that's cool though, because I think as racers, we're kind of like, shit on these like axel hodges type characters but like the stuff they do is cool and it attracts people to the sport but maybe with like the same thing with monster jam though you like go see it in person it's like holy crap like those machines are pretty gnarly so like they got some pretty serious power and torque and they go pretty high and they apparently you got to wear headphones when you're at at a show right oh really you have to i don't i don't know i've heard that they're like so loud that it's just like oh they're loud it hurts your ears headphones i saw one in the saddle dome yeah yeah so i don't know maybe we gotta start staging motocross races like they stage monster jam yeah (laughs) yeah i've heard they actually like pre-cut parts and stuff so that they will fail and break Oh really? No yeah, way. Like there's a certain guy already predetermined to win the whole thing at the start of it. It's like, oh, it's really? like oh, WWE. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 100. 
you want the most popular guy to win. You want James Stewart yeah. to go out there and win and like have this or Ricky Carmichael yeah. like. Or maybe it's a thing where like their spo- whoever's sponsor pays the most there money you go. is going. Well, to that win. could be a thing. Hey man, follow the money. Yeah. I guess the that whole makes, world follow the money. I guess that kind of makes sense though. Like say say you get into the sport and you're like a diehard Eli Tomac fan and you're like, oh yeah, Eli Tomac's sick. But then you go to the then you go to a race and he shits the bed. You're like, well, this sport's dumb. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, say you're just getting into the sport and you're like one guy that you, that grabbed your attention. was like super cool. Then all of a sudden you go see him and he sucks. Like he has a bad night. Like imagine like with the F1 thing here, like you get this, all this hype about Lewis Hamilton, right? Like, Oh, what a driver. What a, what an athlete. And then you go there and he's, 10th place or something like that that day so, yeah so yeah. They, they rig it so that guy wins all the i mean it definitely, sound- <laughs> i think it, i think like people like uh carmichael or stewart or uh it's that iconic yeah figure, it's iconic right? and yeah. people want to go watch him yeah just, like, do you, gnarly you stuff you want right? to be part of that history in the making or that you know yeah i guess i can kind of understand that but i think it's hard to understand that because when you know the when you know the sport, you yeah, kind of know that's that. Like, like yeah. for F one, for example, you know, like well, Lewis Hamilton's a badass, <laughs> primarily because he drives like <laughs> yeah. the best car, oh, right? Yeah. But then with Moto, we know it's like yeah, people have good and bad days, but it could be understandable if somebody's not in the sport, being like, oh, like I heard this guy wins all the time. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's I, hard I, to put your, understand that. It's hard to put yourself in someone's shoes that's outside of the sport because yeah. we've been like in this sport our whole lives. It's all yeah. we know. Yeah, and it's like it's hard to really get but someone's I, perspective. That but that's like, that's maybe what's wrong with a lot of people's opinions about the way Feld runs things or or yeah. the way Feld actually does it is too many people are too involved in it or somebody's not involved enough. You mm-hmm. know, they brought somebody new in to try to. Yeah, yeah, expand it. And they brought totally Rutledge Wood in, and he <laughs> fucking shits the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even. I honestly like everybody talks about this Rutledge Wood guy right now, and I don't think I've witnessed five <laughs> seconds of him on TV. I saw him waving a flag, or doing a pit bull yeah, or something. This. That's about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like they're trying to. It's like they're trying to bridge the gap between like the hard. Well, I guess they have like the Ricky Carmichael, who's like for the hardcore racer. But then this Rutledge Wood guy is for like the people that don't know anything about the sport. But he's not doing a very good job of translating it. I don't know. Like if, that. like if he's supposed to be the comic relief of the night, bring in a real <laughs> comedian. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't find him that funny. But he's not. I I understand why they have him there, but it's like I feel like they're trying to go way too far to that end of the spectrum of trying to like cater to the they're people du- that don't fully understand. I feel the like sport. they're dumbing it down too much. Maybe. Yeah. I do like, I, I do kind of appreciate the science of supercross. Oh, I, I love that. Actually good I love this. Year. I love the science. Supercross. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're it's getting, really good it's cool. this year. Yeah. They're starting to get way more technical with yeah. it. And like, yeah, they're which talking. they need to. Cause yeah. what, what attracted you to the F1 series? Je- well, what I loved about that whole Netflix special was just how similar it was to racing, but it was like, I, but they got down into the technical yeah, yeah. aspects of some of it, right? Yeah. And that, well, and the politics too. That's and, what I loved about it. Yeah. Like just yeah, all the behind the scenes, but and that's where like yeah, I hate to kind of bring up this uh Grandal podcast, thing, <laughs> but he was like he's like I he's like, Man, I push for like like we gotta have like a Netflix special, blah blah blah, like yeah. like a doc like a docuseries like that. And I'm actually surprised like why there isn't. I know like Rhino tried to do it. 
at when he was doing those auditions. Oh, and the stuff. IB Corp. Yeah, and it was actually pretty was good. Sweet. Like I didn't mind. Like, I think it was sweet for the hardcore I, fan. Though. Yeah, I that tuned was sweet in for the hardcore. I fan. don't know. I think even a non-hardcore fan would have liked that series yeah. if it was just like yeah. you up the production yeah. value. Obviously, they you know. Yeah, but who else is going to Racer X other than a hardcore fan? It was on Racer yeah. X, well, that, was it not? Well, for but sure. But imagine like, if you had a Netflix. No, it was on YouTube and stuff. I'm yeah, sure. but Racer yeah, YouTube. I'm sure whatever this IB yeah. Corp was probably promoting Maybe, it too. Yeah, you're but probably still, right. Not enough eyeballs well, on it's, it. Yeah, like what are you going to really. And not enough. Like imagine if you did that with the top guys. Like you did Monster Kawasaki was yeah. a tryout for Cincerillo, yeah. uh, Sexton, such and such. That'd know, be yeah. so cool. That'd be well, unreal. I was going to say, think about how sick it would be to have a Netflix special or series with the Honda team having Roxon, uh, the Lawrence brothers. Yeah. And then, I mean, like Chase Sexton's pretty vanilla, but get, like, man, get Stu guess, in there. But sick. I suppose yeah. like you talk about Stu, we had a Stu, Stu reality. Everyone show. Like, hated on it. Big, Everyone the biggest hated name, on the it. The biggest name in the sport we had yeah. a reality TV show on MTV that captures the most, most youth, Eyeballs that there could be, yeah. and it did what was it called again? I think like, it did okay though. Like, I think obviously we it had a couple I think, seasons, but I think within the sport, everyone shit on it, and yeah, yeah, but because he wouldn't race outdoors because he wanted to do Bubba's World. But I think that stuff was good for the sport, like really good. And if it could have kept going, or with some of the other personalities in the sport, too, yeah. that you I know. think it was maybe poorly executed. I, I also, I kind of wonder at the time, too, like when that was going on, if. I don't know. It was just not to like get into a deep subject here, but like I remember at the time when Bubba was racing and this was after that show, but like I remember going to like quite a few supercrosses over the course of a couple of years. And I don't know if it was like a racism thing, but like he, if he would crash in a race, the whole stadium would erupt. I do and, remember that. And would chant, like would be stoked that he would be knocked unconscious on the ground. I know. I but and, I don't think that's a racism thing. I think it's more of like uh the hardcore fans being like They saw him as a villain, so you want your villain to Yeah, maybe it's I don't know, but like in the know. early days even... on his Cowie days, everyone loved him, right? Cuz yeah. he was the guy that took down Carmichael. Doing the sprinklers, yeah. doing Everyone loved him. Yeah. I guess when when I had seen that, I just remember like being surrounded by some uh, some people in the stands that were chanting some questionable words. Oh yeah, words. I don't so imagine. I, like, I bet it's out there for sure. So I don't know, but I don't know if that would contribute to that. But probably. We are a pretty yeah. hillbilly ass sport. Yeah, but uh, just look no. at the the eruption of the crowd when Plessinger uh, gets up there and whips <laughs> his mullet around. Yeah. Well, everyone everyone hates the French guy too, right? Dude, for yeah, now. yeah. Everyone yeah. hates Ferrandez, which is stupid, but yeah, I don't know. Everybody like it's it's well, so funny. Like people hated on Mike Brown, and now they love him. They hated Carmichael, and they love oh, yeah. him. They, yeah, people yeah, are yeah. so flip flop that. Uh, who are there? these people anyway? Like, what? Are, who are these people that are doing this? No, who I, I are know. these people? Well, it's like it's like Web, yeah. Like everybody like loves to hate Webb just because he's like the antagonist. He's like that. the Chad Reed of the modern day. I feel like the the one guy that I never get sick of watching do well is Tomac. I I agree. Like, I like I, when he's doing well, yeah. it's so cool to watch. And I think it's just because he's so quiet, has such a quiet personality, and he's just there to do his work. And you can just appreciate how good he is yeah. as a racer. 
and when he does bad you're like oh man like you Come know on, what he's bro. capable yeah. of but then yeah. when he's doing good you're just so pumped and if he wins like five races in a row and he's i mean if he checks out it's kind of like eh, it's a boring race to watch but, but he's pretty humble about it yeah like he's not like he's never like super down or he's never super up he's yeah. just always kind of like but you can like tell when he's having a good day and when he's having a bad day and when he's having a good day you're just like you're just pumped yeah because it's just so like i already watched the atlanta race tonight so you got it's good i i seen i seen the i seen the result but yeah like when i went to wash and i think it was 2019 watching that i'm like man i could never not be a fan of this guy it, yeah. the, what the way he was riding these slippery hard pack like nanaimo like turns unbelievable like it was like it reminded me of like watching Stu or carmichael it was like yeah. that's like that stuff you that's so rare to see yeah and it just makes you really appreciate what he does yeah like i'm i'm a big tomac fan even not not like his personality or anything but just his riding is so yeah. cool even uh yeah like hangtown 2015 when he was like two minutes ahead of dungy yeah it's oh. like i i was there at that race watching that and it was just like he looked like he was kind of out for a cruiser like had a good pace around the around the track but then you watch everybody else and you're like what the heck's going on like why can't they just don't look like him yeah and yeah like dungy's one of the best dudes on the planet and he's two minutes behind him you're like unheard of yeah that's what attracts people though like those guys like Stu, like tomac they told that can do those like really special things on a bike that's what really like grabs people in i think it's like you almost want to see Tomac do it more because you know he's like on that level of like yeah. Villapoto. It definitely yeah, it, when Stu, he's on, he's Carmichael. on. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it, but he's like it's just few and far between. Yeah. But then when he does, it's like wow, like what's this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, I yeah I watched him. He got like a twentieth place start at uh, Washougal, and I'm like, and then he was in first by like five laps, and I'm like what? And he's just gone. <laughs> And like I was tr- yeah. I, like I I raced qualify I rode qualifying I and I blew my bike up so I didn't get to race the motos but like I know how slippery those turns are and how oh. hard these like these obstacles are and how tricky it is and he's just like out for a cruise just flowing just flying yeah. by guys. Yeah, he's uh, he's special for sure. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Bet Methods Podcast, everybody. That is some Billy Joel. We are back. Can you play the piano? I was just wondering that. What? Can you play the piano? Oh, very little. Oh, really? Really? You can play a little bit, though? I know a couple chords, a couple... I mean... Can you play the recorder? Do you know the recorder? The recorder. I'm sure I could... (laughs) 
figured out. Remember some elementary school. What are they trying to teach with a recorder in elementary school? Honestly, I think three notes. Three notes? Like Apparently, it like activates your creative side of your brain. You're like left brain. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I think it's just something simple enough yeah, that any kid true. can pick up and do one. And hand it's cheap, on and like, it's, they yeah, can give it to everybody. Yeah, 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 I, get it. It, yeah. I get it. I get it. But they they want to see what you can tap into with your Maybe potential. Maybe you'll have some amazing recorder skills, and you'll be a world famous recorder player. Yeah. You know what? I bet you there's a recorder player who makes more than Eli Tomac does. Do uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, I don't. I doubt it. Dude. I don't doubt I, it at all. Check it out. I highly I don't doubt, doubt it. One bit. I've never heard of one recorder player. Let's Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> you know how many people haven't heard of Eli Tomac? You're yeah, right. You're right. Paid. Some guy rocking Mozart on a recorder is probably making millions off YouTube. What do you think the most a motocross racer has ever made in one year? Probably Stu. One point five. No, no more, way than that. more, way more, way, Dude, way, 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 way more. I guess I ten. I heard Stu made ten million. Yeah. in twenty. When you when you add up gear deal, goggle deal, helmet Red, deal, I heard Red Bull alone was bonuses. like a few million, and then you got yeah. Yamaha money, you got all this money. You win and you bonus, win championship. Right? Yeah, like I was googling highest paid recorder artist, <laughs> but now I'm gonna Google uh, James Stewart net worth. What happened? Dude, he made money off a lot of shit though. James, yeah, well, seven. He's made. I don't know. Probably doesn't Bubba's make. World. Bubba's world. probably made a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I doubt it. But. No, I have MTV. I bet he made money from it. He wouldn't do it if so? it wasn't for yeah. money. Yeah. Shit, I'm getting. But I heard he made ten million dollars one year. I don't doubt it. Like, Twenty, like his first couple years, the Yamaha. They were also he, when he was uh you know, early in his four fifty career was. Pretty good times for the sport too. Oh yeah, oh seven, yeah. oh eight. Ricky and Chad, I think, cleaned up pretty. They were good. flying private everywhere. No one yeah, does that now. Nobody, yeah, just kidding. Eli and Kenny together one time, and then everyone <laughs> makes a big deal about it. Wait, oh the, what are you talking about, Monster Cup? What is fuck Keelan even in the same room as us right now? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm getting terrible <laughs> service Monster down here. I'm trying yeah, to see uh, James uh, Stewart uh, net worth. I'll look up this here recorder guy. I think uh, I looked it up the other day. I can't. Remember you looked up the recorder. No, 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 no. I looked up. I wanted to see who was the highest pay or the had the highest net worth out of any motocross. Net racer. worth is different than like yearly income. Yeah, right? but it's contributing to all your assets. And, yeah, but and I guess like liquid cash. I bet that, Stude still has one of the highest net worths because he 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 was for quite a few years, right? I can't. Somebody was super high. I can't remember who it was. It, uh, frick, who was it? Aldo Abro. Is he a world famous record player? World famous recorder player, apparently. There's a whole list of guys here. Let's <laughs> Seriously? Frick. Oh, serious. You better be serious. Right if they now, make more money than recorder, James Stewart, I'll be upset. There's no net worth. <laughs> he didn't make any money. Zero dollars. Oh, here we go. Pierre Adams. Oh, Pierre's Adams. British. How much? Okay, hold on. James. Oh, damn it. James Stewart. Shit, we don't have the iPad set up for the drops. Yeah. James Stewart. Oh, here you go. Okay, net worth. 30 mil. Okay, that's his net worth right now. Yeah. Okay, so net worth of 
Piers Adams. Who knows if he's uh, like <laughs> even a recorder? He's just a recorder artist. So uh, net worth uh, one to five million dollars. Mm. That's better than a privateer. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better than ninety-nine point nine percent of all motocross races combined. But yeah, like I don't know. They don't got Red Bull money, bro. Damn it. Well, they got recorder money. What's the record? What's the recorder company? Dude, my phone is not there. working. Highest paid singer of all time, Kanye West. What? I heard he's broke. 170 million. I don't know about that. 170. I can see. Kanye it. West tops Forbes list of highest paid musicians. Dang. Does he even have any new music? What's his deal? I don't even know what Kanye West does anymore. Just selling his shoes, bro. I thought Chad Reed was super high. I can't remember. Net worth. Come on. Riveting. <laughs> Riveting. Yeah. I remember but I remember on the pop show one time they're talking about like uh Villapoto's net worth and what it shows on Wikipedia and it's, what it actually is. It's not even yeah, close. Yeah, it's yeah. not even close. It's basically a guess that yeah. somebody's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, here's some of the publicly released info. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, What's your net worth, Keelan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Reed's net worth it. $60 million. Wow. Damn. I'll be damned. $60 million, I wouldn't bro. be surprised. I guess. He's got to. But yeah. you got to think of all the years he put money back into the team and everything. Like yeah, but you got. I doubt he was putting any. I doubt, yeah, he probably wasn't. Money. I bet he was no never way. losing money. He was yeah. probably never losing money. I heard he's a pretty smart cat too. Like he was, like when he had his place in Florida, he would put cattle on his property so he'd get like tax cuts and stuff. And yeah, those ways around a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Right? Especially in Florida, anything goes in Florida. Yeah. It's cheap on the East Coast, man. Like a lot of those guys look like they have like bitching places and properties, but they're not worth that much. On, yeah, on the East Coast. Yeah, it's like we're so used to like what a property is worth in the city. Like yeah. in Calgary, everything is so yeah, expensive. And but, around Calgary. Yeah, around Calgary. But like you go to the states, even in California, like really highly populated places like Lake Elsinore, you can buy a place for a lot less yeah. than you can buy a piece of land here. I think when I was at club. They were saying an acre there was like two grand. No way. Yeah. Guess what we paid for? I think this lot alone was one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's what. And it's like, like it's tiny. It's and that's tiny. like what a tenth of an acre. Yeah, it's not uh, even thirty-six meters deep by like twenty-eight feet wide. It's tiny. And you go, and this is like on the outskirts of the city. This is what we bought here in the first place because it was like miles cheaper than going anywhere in our city. You yeah. go anywhere like um, Haysboro, anywhere close to inner city, you can't even buy a piece of land for like five hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Just like the price of like the land itself. Yeah, is nuts. There, there's this uh, <clears throat> one house downtown that Sloan and I walk by sometimes. We go on morning walks. I've been enjoying it lately. It's kind yeah, of Corey like, Park. No, no, no. Uh, downtown. Oh, by her like her place or yeah. yeah and yeah i'm really enjoying it like i'm i feel like it's kind of i'm coming into my own as my my older self mm -hmm. doing these morning walks but anyways on our morning walk when we uh 
we passed by this one place and it's got like this crazy view of downtown but the lot alone and not a very big lot like not that big it's uh 12 million yeah jesus christ it yeah. probably has, has like the most bitching like view of the city like it's pretty sweet but just like just the dirt 12 mil yeah i think that's going to change though a bit with uh kind of the pandemic changing everything and like people are not so refined to downtown because they don't have they can work from home now yeah so that's why i think this place we sold it in five hours we sold this house for five hours asking price and it was gone like that so i think people are like moving from the inner city out towards the like where they can i mean this is not a huge lot but it's better than inner well, city do right you, do you know who the buyer was no so? idea so yeah i guess you don't really know if it's like people moving out of downtown but i still feel like like because i mean i spend quite a bit of time downtown now because sloan's there but uh there's like quite a few homes for sale downtown as well and and and, but they're all sold pretty quick really too yeah Yeah. i don't know when sloan and i were looking for a place as well it was like pretty tough like there was not a lot available because and anything good that popped up it was gone right away. I find it hard to believe that people would be so eager to buy a house right now, knowing that the house market is so hot and it's everything is so expensive. Like, why are people yeah. so? Is, is, but it, I think it's interest rates. Rate? It's interest rates. Rate. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. Because I don't think it's ever really like. So, I mean, from what I feel, I feel like the Canadian institution for the housing market is pretty solid. So I don't think you're gonna see prices like take a nosedive anytime no, soon no so yeah the uh, hop on the interest rates chris is maybe a little more educated on this subject well, i don't know i don't know shit. i don't know but we we still we broke even with this house yeah we broke even like we didn't which is we, good we bought it for 430 and we sold it for 430 and if if the if the economy if the calgary calgary economy does what they're predicting it's going to do like become some sort of like tech uh center it's probably just going to increase. Yeah. But so if the housing market's so hot right now, and like, and you only got what you paid for it, is it really that hot? I, like, yeah, that's what I'm wondering just, too. Like, is it's it just, just selling, Is right? it just like yeah. a marketing it's, scheme? It, it, it sounds hot, but are things going for more than they should? I think there's yeah, areas that it is. Like well, when I look yeah. in Airdrie, it's bad. Like things are going way too much i think well uh, when we bought that other house we 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 bought the house and if we would have bought it a month later we put it would have paid or like two months later we would have paid fifty thousand dollars yeah more for it. so yeah but the, maybe the market was down i don't i don't really know i don't i'm not a, a real estate guru i don't know yeah i mean it was kind of slow there for a bit uh yeah. throughout the early winter yeah. i guess people didn't really know what was yeah, pandemic yeah. uncertainty. Gonna happen, uncertainty. Yeah, so yeah. Wait a little bit. And I think at that time too, like, like once the new year rolled around, like we're pretty loose restrictions. Seemed like a lot of people were working. Like, Vaccines are rolling out. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's going back to normal, and then bam. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll. I don't know. I feel like it probably won't change. Unless... Yeah, I don't feel like it's changed that much. But. uh it's just the speed of a sale has seemed to increase. Like, yeah. 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 Maybe people are just, get, yeah, getting like sick and tired of sitting at home, staring at the same four walls and like, I want to buy new four walls. That too. And they're thinking the time's right because 
they're not working so much. You got time to go find a new place, yeah. shop around, look, yeah. you know, versus when you're working full time when it's booming. A lot of people don't even think about moving because they're just yeah. so consumed. Yeah. Well, think about I feel like even, yeah, like when the pandemic was kind of at its height, people at home, like cooped up, bored. Like, how do you, I feel like the two things you do to stay preoccupied are either eat or like surf the internet and what do most people do when they surf the internet is usually buy stuff <laughs> yeah yeah it's and it's weird though with the like the power sports industry how everything's like you can't get your i guess part of it is the supply issue yeah but also people are just like i sold my bike within five hours too i sold my bike and like i think i posted it and it sold within like a couple Jeez, hours and yeah. it was full asking price like i've never had that before where people have, usually i'll get like a thousand dollars less like i posted it high just like yeah. expecting people to lowball me but then i got like full asking price right Jeez, away that's sweet so i don't i don't know it's weird yeah. right it's a weird time right now i think it's a lot of it's like an inflation bubble where everyone's like there's too much in uh stimulus money going around like everyone's got the serb money and all that but like what happens when well, all that dries up like well, what how much is that like that's not even that much money i don't understand not. like but you still have to live off that. Like, let's say you're not employed. That's when you're supposed to be getting this survey, right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so you need to rely on that to pay your bills. This money's not like a full pay. It's not a full paycheck for me. I would not like this herb payment no. over a full I paycheck. I don't. So what's this extra money? How I think the problem. Just- well, if you also, if you think about it this way too, like getting that serb money, it's going right back into the economy because. Right. more often than not people aren't yeah that was their idea with it yeah right? is like more often than not people aren't bringing or taking that money and then putting it into a portfolio like they're yeah yeah they're probably you, paying bills or all you food hear about or, is people who are so hard done by their paycheck isn't big enough they don't even have enough to pay their bills you yeah. know and then serb money comes around it's half of what or not half but like you can barely pay your bills you can with you can't barely you, you can't pay your even. You can't. Like you couldn't support a family with that. There's Absolutely no way. Not. Absolutely. But yet not. they got this excess cash to go spend it. So either these people did have more money than yeah. we thought. Well, or I, are they double dipping somehow? I think, well, I well think no, the, there's there's like a a household, like one household can collect multiple Serb yeah. payments, right? So it's like if let's For say anybody who was working, like you had to be a working individual, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. But I think if uh let's say you had two parents like that's four grand it's still but not what were those two parents cash. pulling in together working full time it had to have been more than that especially if they're in a 600 700 thousand dollar house like, i think the problem <sighs> the big problem is like the excess government spending and then we're just getting ourselves into more of a deficit and it's creating a big problem yeah. and it, we're gonna pay for it in years to I, come. I think people are racking up huge debt right now well, it's the problem with interest they, rates right interest rates are so low yeah. everyone's like oh i'll go get some debt who cares yeah, maybe I feel like, like oh, they think, they, oh, I'll have a job back in a year and, you know, I'll put everything on, on the line of credit that they had, right? That was maybe available. But it's not that easy to get credit. But if you already had a line of credit and it wasn't true. extended, you know, these people are just going, ah, forget what's another five years of payments. Yeah. yeah I, I feel it. like if somebody, if it's like, if somebody has a six hundred or $700,000 house, they're probably not going to need to rely on like a $2,000 serve payment because I mean, either they're really stupid and they're spending they're way beyond their, to their max, yeah, which or, I think most people are. A lot of people are. When you look at the like statistics of like the average debt of a Canadian citizen, right? It's like, 
somewhere what forty thousand well, dollars or if, something like I that. I saw actually saw a chart today on the CBC. It was like average, uh, what was it? Average property value versus mm. average income. Yeah, and people are just like, it's more debt is higher than it's ever been. Yeah, and I mean we have a hard stress test like you guys were talking about with to get a mortgage and stuff like that. It is one of the better stress tests at least. Yeah. But people are still way overextended. I don't understand. Like, how, how many people live paycheck to paycheck? I think it's the overwhelming. Oh, uh, I bet uh, 80, 85%. Exactly. Right. More, so maybe more. How did 85% of people who are living paycheck to paycheck take half a paycheck now or three quarters of a pay or a quarter of a paycheck, whatever the number is with the CERB, and have more to spend than they did before? I don't know. I man. just don't yeah, understand I, I, that. I just, it I just doesn't. I feel like it's really hard to generalize, like, what we're saying with the CERB payment and 85% of people living paycheck to paycheck is like, I've also heard of a lot of people taking those CERB payments that had no business taking CERB payments. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, I think a lot of those people like maybe in the lower income uh, brackets didn't really lose their jobs because they're working in like the service Essential. industry. Well, honestly, I don't really know like what all, like other than restaurants and it's like we we never stopped working well it sounded i mean for yeah it sounded like for the calgary area like a lot of the people that really stopped working were uh downtown yeah downtown and then for a brief period of time was the the like entertainment entertainment and food industry like restaurants and fast food and but then they all kind of came back pretty quick like restaurants and fast food like at at a small capacity but like a lot of those lower income families and folks are probably working in those in those retail and uh, service industries like that so keeping their job so i i don't know like it's tough to say because uh, yeah, at the same time like we haven't really been out and about and chatting too much with people and and seeing like how how bad of a situation are people really in? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, it, I feel like it's kind of tough to say, like, cause I haven't really ran into uh, anybody that's yeah. just like, like, Holy crap. Like I'm screwed out of work. And yeah. unless you, I feel like the worst spot to be in is like a restaurant owner. And then they get hit with the third wave of COVID. Now that they shut down, like their, yeah. their sales cannot be even close when they're doing half yeah. capacity, stuff like that. And, but they're also, out. but they're, it's, they're also getting those, those subsidies from the government to help with their payroll. And, yeah, and but that's all you're going to pay that back eventually. Eventually, but I mean, it's keeping them going for now. So yeah. uh, I guess here's hoping to everything bounces back and they're they're able to pay off their interest. But I don't know. Like it's tough to say because I haven't really talked to anybody to know like if they're actually hurting. I know like some like some of the other trucking companies we talked to they're they've they've had to collect like that 40k from the government but that's just because they're all on like like pretty uh slow rolls with yeah. with uh work coming in but I don't know that 40k isn't going to go long though No but I Without mean sales returning 
no yeah right but it's like i that was kind of like when everything was like when it first happened everything like i mean the trucking industry like that's something that's never going to go away no so and yeah they're all doing good now but i know like like, i know a few of them collected it how good's the trucking industry doing when the whole supply chain's all screwed up because that's what you guys kind of rely on or like a huge part of that industry is like the supply chain and delivery of goods you know import export well, I actually, you know, what's funny is when the pandemic first hit and I first got home to from California and kind of had like my first chance to reconnect with my parents, I guess was, um, yeah. When I first got home they they were crazy busy, like yeah. crazy busy, like grow like, like, uh, we primarily haul groceries and, uh, like livestock and other sort of commodities, but like like groceries were through the roof because well, everybody, everybody was like, stockpiling stockpiling and it's still going like yeah. it's like it's just it's still doing good it's just it's something that'll never go away but i, I mean it's that's kind of on a tangent i guess from what we're talking about do you no, think any people dipped into their stockpiling that they went on and do you think anybody <laughs> actually dipped into it or is it all sitting they, in the they cupboard? still got 20 rolls of toilet papers or 20 oh, packs of toilet papers sitting in the garage out the wazoo I don't know, man. Like you can still order skip the dishes if you absolutely have to. Well, I just did anybody. Well, that's the thing. Actually, need to rely on the stock or. Frick! I didn't want to start talking about COVID, man. (laughs) But it's like we're talking. There's no freaking pandemic going on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jared offending people, Keelan offending people. (laughs) Bold statement. Bold statement. You don't see like. (laughs) Jesus. Fuck. Stupid man, you guys started it. (laughs) No, man, I didn't bring up no pandemics. Never heard of a pandemic. We were talking economy, economy. I guess that's pandemic related, but yeah. Anyways, what's a different subject? Oh, shout out to Yashik. He's doing well. He's over in uh, over in Paris right now, getting his uh, doing his therapy and stuff. I uh. Yeah, get your go head over to the Bent Method website. Get yourself a, a beautiful life shirt that I'm wearing right now. Pretty sweet. Actually, we've sold quite a few of them. Yeah. Doing pretty good. We've made, raised like another 400 bucks or so for them. So that's pretty good. Pretty happy about that. Nice shirts, dude. Yep. Is that crazy? What do you guys go back and listen to that podcast at all? Yeah, I did. It was. I think it's it one of good. our better ones. But it was the funny. craziest thing is how when he's like, he's sitting there and he's talking to the doctor before he does surgery, and he's like. Do you love surgery? Just yeah. let just enjoy it, bro, and let it flow. Let it flow. He's <laughs> sitting there, no feeling in his legs, and yeah. says that. That's insane. I man. stuck That's... my thumb up my bum. That's yeah. my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I put my thumb in my bum. <laughs> yeah, that was... no. My favorite part of that whole episode was when he's talking about the the when he was talking about going to rehab at the one of the oh, places yeah. the counter, and he's that like, "Great, uh, we're gonna send you a, a counselor. Do you need a counselor?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, send him over. He's send got some, he, he's, he's got some problem. I can help him, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. That funny. was true, though. That yeah, was good. That was a good, a good episode. Yeah. Pretty inspiring guy. That makes it really me want yeah. It makes me want to do more. Like, I don't know, find some more people like that and well, get yeah. get them on here because I think that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like. I mean, we've talked about it before, like stories like that, hanging out with your brother. It doesn't matter. There's so many people out there that are so inspiring and just make you feel like, man, I really, I really got to change my attitude. Yeah. It it just comes down to, I got to change my attitude, feel better about things, complain less and just, it's a beautiful life. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people like even just doing the podcast in general. It's like you get you you learn a different side of someone, and yeah. you see like everyone every everyone has an inspiring part of them. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to kind of bring that out. Like that's yeah. Kind of, I, well, I mean, yeah, you're like I guess you guys are inspiring to me at times too. Just I mean the things you go through and then persevere to whether it's keep racing through a shit summer or I don't know. You're right. Everybody can be inspiring. Yeah. Sorry, I zoned out. I think about. I was thinking about all the debt I have to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> Keelan's trashing people that get too much debt, and he's realizing that he has too much debt himself. I gotta go collect like, another serve. I gotta payment. get another serve, man. <laughs> uh, Anyways, how's racing been? Or how's that? How's your preseason been, Keelan? My moods, my moods. It's been. Are you lonely out there? You texted me a couple times. Like, when are you gonna ride? (laughs) You're talking about all this stuff that's just killing my vibes, man. What's okay? Bring your vibes. What's your vibes? My vibes. Uh, like I said, I like eating food. (laughs) What's your favorite Favorite place on Skip, bro? Yeah, let's go. Uh, tacos, Mexico. Oh, dude, that place is good. Um, it's good and. I love Opa. Like, Opa, I, I, I'm Opa's a big different. fan. I'm a big fan. It's expensive, but like it's a good meal. It's not bad. Um, it's hit and miss. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Preseason's all right, but it's kind of same old shit. Don't really know what's gonna happen. So yeah, how do you, how quick do you think they are to pull the plug on a West Coast? Any kind of West Coast? Uh, I don't know. I've kind of heard that it's already happened, but we'll see. So yeah, I um, I know like. Uh, the drum heller track is working pretty hard to make it happen. It's just a matter of if they want to follow through and come out. I, but at the same time, you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes and yeah. what they're doing and reasons as to why they're making certain decisions. So, But, man, that's got to be like a bummer for a track like that to put all that effort in, try to get it, and then just yeah. nothing. I th- well, it's kind of at the point where they they like want to know it's like a shit or get off the yeah, pot. Like well, it's, for sure. it's yeah, they don't like, want to keep putting effort in if it's yeah. nothing. They're not going to well, get anything out of it. Well, yeah, and and more money because it's going to take quite a bit more fun or money to like prune things up, like fix up the park and and yeah, maybe fi- like fix some equipment a little bit and tune up the track in certain areas. So. Yeah, they kind of want to know, like, is is it going? If if not, like, we're maybe gonna bank some of this money and spend it elsewhere for for our members. Um, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I I hope it comes, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty hard to get motivated with your day to day when you like don't really know what you're getting motivated for. So yeah, that's definitely but, part of my decision to like kind of step away. I'm like, I don't really want to go devote my life to do something that may or may not happen or may may or may not be a half-ass series or yeah yeah it's i don't know man it uh yeah this whole pandemic (laughs) is no i'm just messing um yeah it's yeah it's throwing a wrench in a lot of people's plans right so it's what are your what's your honest feeling about it 
about well it's just like i said it's hard to get motivated like even um yeah just well it's like wait like you wake up every day with a purpose right Mm -hmm. and it's like all right this is what i'm gonna get done today and i'm working towards some sort of goal and if you don't really like have that idea in your head when you first wake up it's like like well it's kind of hard to to kind of go about your your day right so i don't know but just been enjoying working with my parents again and and uh being home and like doing shit with you guys and spending more time with my girlfriend actually that's probably the thing i've enjoyed the most like maybe i feel like with everything going on it's been a bit of a step back from racing and not so like like uh hell bent on uh on uh racing and whatnot that i've like put more focus into other areas of my life and like i felt like my relationship with my parents has gotten better my relationship with my girlfriend's gotten better and uh do you feel like that could help you with your racing like being in a better actually i think about it a lot where i'm like i'm just not so like consumed by it anymore yeah. where i'm like i'm not gonna stay at the track for an extra two hours trying to figure out why my bike is doing a certain yeah. thing or like like uh trying to shave like a second off of my lap time whereas i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go like this is what i'm gonna commit to today and then then i'm excited to leave the track and get home to watch a tv show with sloan or uh even too like i've really enjoyed like it's pretty part-time working with my parents like it's not it doesn't really require a full-time job like there's big days but then there's other days where there's like nothing to do so like i kind of enjoy like going to see my parents in the morning we'll like chat and have coffee for half an hour and then grind out like five hours of work and then i'm able to go like ride a little bit but it's like i don't know it just kind of it's kind of nice like it just it feels like a little bit of a different vibe and it's made me appreciate like it's made me appreciate like uh I guess riding and and racing a little differently. And then also just, yeah, appreciate everything away from it as well. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah, totally. So a hundred percent get that. Yeah. It's like, it can be, it can almost like get exhausting. Uh, just like being consumed with the whole racing. And that's like your only goal. You're, you're, you're like a one track mind and it's just like, all you think about is racing and, and it's almost kind of feels like the way you have to be, but, at the same time maybe if you broke it up a little bit maybe it'd be a little better for you yeah well you know what i find interesting with this like with the whole pandemic and everything that's gone on is it's like if there's one thing that i've kind of learned is like it's just not to take life like too serious you know like i feel like it's this thing is like if there's something positive to take from it it's just like it's it's like it's whatever, you know, like everybody's kind of in the same boat where it's obviously there's some people out there that are taking the situation a little more serious than others. And some are kind of like really stressed out about what's going on. But like, I guess in my little bubble and my little world that's going on is, and what's going on with me is I just, it's like, I'm not so stressed out about all this stupid shit that I used to be stressed out about before. It's like, it's like, cause you can stress about that shit all you want. Then you learn, a pandemic comes along and turns it upside down and then your life is going a different direction. So yeah, half that shit didn't even matter in the first place. Yeah. 
it's uh yeah if, if there's anything positive that i would take from everything going on it would be that it's just like it's a beautiful life it's a beautiful <laughs> life All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, guys? You no. want to wrap it up? Yeah. Should we uh, make formal apologies? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to the indigenous people. I, <laughs> I don't know. I did not know that was an indigenous sculpture. Uh, <laughs> I apologize to all those that, that believe there is a pandemic going on. <laughs> oh, no. even in the apology, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's strange times, man. Just call it a pandemic. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's Are you saying pandemic or pandemic? Pam. I don't know, man. <laughs> Pam or pan? Pandemic. 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 Pandem